The pick is in, and Miami Heat have selected Jaime Hackes Jr. during Thursday night's NBA draft, a player that seems like a perfect fit with Heat culture. We break down the pros, cons, and ramifications on the selection on today's edition of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg, here as always. David Ramil. However, you might be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use that code Locked On NBA for $20 off your first purchase, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So the Heat take Hame Hakez Jr. out of UCLA, elevator pitch scouting report. Here it is. Four-year player out of UCLA, 22 years old, six foot seven with a 6'10 wingspan. Plays hard, good rebounder, good defender. Grew up in South- Southern California, idolizing Kobe Bryant, and it shows in his footwork, which is super advanced already. He could defend multiple positions, loves to jump passing lanes, grab defensive rebounds, and run in transition, which he often will finish with a dunk. Great hair. All in all, this guy screams heat culture. Beyond the Damian Lillard stuff, and I know that the Heat really like this guy. We'll talk about if he's even going to be on the team next season and some of their other offseason questions in a minute. But assuming that Jaime Hakez Jr. is on the Heat, what do you think of this pick and his fit? It's a good pick, a safe pick, uh, and also one that makes a lot of sense. You don't have a lot of time to waste. You're not going to invest a certain amount of time. I, I thought it could have gone either way, and I know that's pretty vague and you could say that with almost any aspect in life, but uh, given what they did last year with Nikola Jovic, <laughs> to make sure I say it correct, correctly, but, you know they were willing to punt a year on what was an obvious project, a player who's still very much in development and didn't play very much this whole season. Uh, now it seems like they shifted a little bit. They get a much more met, ready-made player, a little bit older than the average draft pick. He's just a year younger than Tyler Hero. He's already got four years of NBA experience. Uh, and he does a lot of little things well. The fit with Heat culture, a guy who likes to grind, who puts in the work, who has stuck around. They love players like that. They have typically loved that during Pat Riley's tenure. They've always gone, especially in the second round, they'll take a flyer on a four-year player, a guy who has shown consistent development over the course of his collegiate career. Um, and and I, I think, again, he, he's just he's a good player. Maybe not the highest reward maybe not the highest ceiling of any player there but that doesn't matter to Miami it doesn't matter to that front office and the coaching staff because they know they can take a player with a high IQ who does all the little things is willing to sacrifice his points and his numbers for the betterment of the team what matters most in Miami is winning it matters the most to Jaime and I think that shows they'll be developing him they'll continue to add to you know muscle to his frame have him in the best shape of his life and be a very productive player I really like the pick. I think back to Pat Riley's press conference when I asked him, you know, what are you guys looking for? And he said, we're looking for wing length and versatility. And it. that he basically gave it away right there. I mean, Hakez Jr. is long on the wing, extremely versatile. You watch the tape on this guy, man. And I mentioned it before how he grew up in Irv- born in Irvine, Southern California, growing up watching Kobe Bryant and his footwork at 22 years old is ridiculous. Like this guy's basketball IQ, his feel for the game. My biggest thing when I'm, when I'm going in to film and scouting guys, I, a lot of people get caught up in the verticals and the wingspan and some of the, like those 
those measurables that kind of lean, lean towards uh, upside and, and that whole, my biggest thing is I want to, I want a guy with basketball feel that to me screams upside. There's been a bunch of dudes that have come into the NBA at six ten with great athleticism can jump through the roof and are out of the league in two years because they have no feel for the game. They have no basketball IQ and they're just not NBA basketball players, right? Jaime Hakka's junior is an NBA player. I know that for sure when you're drafting him. And the Heat typically don't really care about upside, quote-unquote upside. They drafted Tyler Hero at 14 despite him not having that high upside, right? We thought he was going to slip because he wasn't a player thought to have a high upside. Turns out he's a borderline all-star scorer right now. So because he's got such great basketball feel, I think Jaime Hakez Jr. is similar in that way in that Miami's betting on that feel for the game and him being a productive NBA player. And when when you think about the versatility part of it, that to me is the biggest thing. This is a guy who could play probably two positions between shooting guard and small forward. I don't know that he's big enough to play power forward. Maybe I mean it hasn't Miami. Miami. Yeah, I guess it hasn't stopped Miami in the past. So right. there's there's that part of it. The post moves are great because he's able to get to his spots um, and all those things. The three point jump shot is not great. Thirty one percent over four years at UCLA, but. You know, you you read all the scouting reports on him and the people who do this for a living. They think it's workable. Like they think yeah. that there's something there and that that can be improved. And we've seen guys, Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin. We've seen guys improve their outside jumper in Miami. So I think that's a that's a great spot for him to be. And I love what he could do defensively. He's a guy who can guard multiple possessions. You think about what he would have been in the NBA Finals for this team. Like, granted, he's a rookie, but like mm. best case scenario version of him in the finals. Right. Like that's a guy who could play on that stage, who could be like a guy who could guard other wings, make it easier for Max Struess to not have to guard Michael Porter Jr. or Jimmy Butler having to switch onto Aaron Gordon here and there. Like this is a guy who makes sense for the modern NBA. It's a guy. And I'll go back to what I was saying before about Pat Riley. This is the kind of player that they've been looking for. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways. Uh, you can look at it. And I know we'll get into this later on in the show. He's not only a player who can contribute right away. He's also a player who can fill in any gaps if you lose, say, a Max Struess or if you have to trade a Caleb Martin for any kind of upcoming deal or anything like that. So I think there's a lot of ways in which he'll be a productive player. The offensive is there. The defense is there. The effort is there. And and that has seemed like a borderline. That, that's a necessity for any Heat player. Like you're going to take a player. If he's got the guts, if he's got the interest, the willingness to put in the work, and he has something to build off of as far as his skills is concerned, then that's a player that Miami feels they can mold and raise their game up another level. So I, yeah, I, Jay know, Billis to, the is plugged in as anybody with these with these college kids, right? Yeah. First words out of his mouth when they asked him on the ESPN broadcast, like, what do you think about this guy? Hardworking, works really hard, super hardworking, hustle guy, works really hard. Like I hear a like, lot of good oh, things about his work ethic. I don't know about you, but uh, said he was yeah. the hardest working guy as a freshman at UCLA, right? And I think when the, hey, he, he said he, his stuff. favorite Heat player was Jimmy Butler. Like, yeah, who, who says that? Like, I mean, that, Jimmy that Butler is really getting some love. Case uh, um, Wallace a pretty in game? Kentucky yeah. was like, yeah. I model my game after Jimmy Butler. Akez here modeling his game, loving Jimmy Butler. Like, I love that. Yeah, the, the name a little bit difficult to pronounce, but I, I like Triple J. You, you had the Triple J at the Triple A would have been fantastic. Uh, we oh, lost that opportunity. opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Kaseya. We love you. Um, you know, it's uh it's it's I don't know. Like I, I thought there were other players available. Again, we'll get this uh, later on, but I, I thought they were they could have taken a chance at some other players. Uh, but you mentioned this, like uh that in your conf- in your conversation with Adam Spinella, 
that there were a lot of players, say, 10 through 25, that were kind of all up and down everybody's board. They could have fit into in anyone. I mean, some players slipped. Other players got taken a little bit ahead of where they might have thought. Uh, and and Hockey is a guy whose stock has been rising throughout the whole combine and pre-draft process, uh, in addition to everything he did at UCLA, and showing you know the intangibles. That means so much for an NBA player to want to be there. It's a reason why a guy probably with more talent, if you want to use that term, and Cam Whitmore slipped as much as he did because there were a lot of questions about his his drive. You know, a lot of weak pre-draft yeah. workouts, things of that sort. There was an injury medical concern. issues, yeah. yeah. There was a lot of – too much baggage if you're investing in a draft pick, and we're seeing more and more how important these draft picks are. And I think it's changing the mentality, whereas a couple of seasons ago, I think you would have seen a lot more risk-taking in that draft. People want a, a sure bet because, you're again, you're, you're – you're, basically selecting a very young, unproven player, but you want something at least tangible to say, oh, you know what? They're at least good at this. It's not just about measurables, like your wingspan and things like that. That helps, certainly, but you want to be able to show that you can play the game, that you have that feel, that IQ that you were talking about. And from that point, we can mold you. We can get you to buy into what we're doing here. And no team does that better than Miami. They take a player and you understand exactly what's required of you. They'll coach you up. They'll make you the best version of yourself whether you're here or, or maybe elsewhere. We'll see how that goes. Um, love love this for Jaime. Goes from yeah. sunny Southern California to sunny South Florida. So great, just great for him in general. See his IG feed? I mean, he's he's already got pictures of Miami. He looks like he's he looks like Tyler Hero, like basking in the sun when he was in yeah. Miami. Yeah, I love his suit. His suit tonight, like a nice light beige kind of khaki, like a like a my kind of a Miami Vice South Beach kind of look. Just simple, yeah. but sophisticated yeah. and ready to party when he has to. Um, you mentioned uh, Miami liking guys who have been in college for a little bit. And that yeah. tended to be the case, again, like with Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo, they kind of went away from that. They went with more of like the younger – and Nikola Jovic, like the wasn't yeah. even graduated from high school project, when yeah. they drafted him. They kind of go went back to the well here with some – they like to see a track record of improvement like you were saying before. So here's – I'm looking at uh, his, his basketball reference page right here. Uh, as a freshman, nine points a game. Next year, 12.3. Next year, 13.9. Last year, his final year at UCLA, 17.8, so almost 18 points per game. His shooting percentage up from 45% as a freshman to 48% uh, in his last year at UCLA. Um, that three-point shot kind of went up and down, but his his free throw percentage got better uh, as the years went on to a, a, mm -hmm. a, a collegiate career high of 77% last year. Assists went up 1.4, 1.7, 2.3, 2.4. Um, his blocks went up. His rebounding took a huge leap. He averaged 8.2 rebounds a game last year. Yeah, That's he's a got lot. a nose for the ball, right? And again, the willingness to kind of mix it up, draw contact. There's so yeah. much of him that seems similar to what Jimmy does at a much higher level. So the, the comp sure. is unfair. But uh, again, the building blocks are there for somebody yeah. that can mold into an ideal well, fits, player. Like Jimmy Butler, Caleb Martin, Haywood Highsmith, like these guys that they like to get on the perimeter who like to jump passing lanes, create turnovers, create points in transition. He fits that. Um, you mentioned some of the guys that were on the board there. Uh, let's, let's explore that in the next segment. We're also going to talk about Damian Lillard uh, mm -hmm. and how all of this impacts Jaime Hawkes Jr.'s future. Will the Heat even keep him will even be on the Miami Heat by the time the next season starts. We'll talk about that here on Locked on Heat.
Today's episode of Locked on Heat is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Today's episode, yes, Bird Dogs. The pitch is simple. Bird Dogs makes you look good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit way better than regular shorts that, that are made of strict, restrict, uh, stiff, restricting cotton. Instead, Bird Dogs fixes this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Plus, Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I love my Bird Dog shorts, and in the summer, you need a pair of some go-tos, and mine are Bird Dogs. You can get them, too, so go to birddogs.com slash NBA. Enter the promo code LOCKEDONNBA for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash NBA for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off, we promise you. Thanks again for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Every day as we are here every day throughout the free agency with the latest on the Miami Heat. So make sure that you're subscribed on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. Um, all right. We'll talk about the Damian Lillard part here, but you just mentioned something about other guys on the board. Um, Cam Whitmore goes two picks later to the Rockets at number 20. The guy out of Villanova thought of as a top 10 pick drops all the way down to 20. I just with all the things you said, I just didn't think he was a heat kind of guy. Maybe mm-hmm. you take him thinking that he has the most value in a potential trade for somebody like Portland, but yeah. obviously Portland had the number three pick. They were never going to take Cam Whitmore, but they also passed on Cam Whitmore, right? So I, I I'm glad they didn't do it this way. I'm glad they just took the guy that they liked. Other guys on the board that we were talking about and 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 knew that the Heat had some interest in. Brandon Ponzemski out of Santa Clara. Olivier Maxence Prosper goes to 20. Uh, Ponzemski goes 19, the very next pick to the Warriors. Olivier Maxence Prosper out of Marquette. Uh, he goes 24 to the Sacramento Kings. Chris Murray, Keegan Murray's brother out of Iowa, he goes 23 to Portland. All guys that had ties to potentially uh, the Miami Heat. But I'm glad they went with Haquez. I don't come away from this draft thinking like that was weird, you know? And not necessarily like I thought the 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 Bam out of biopic was weird at the time, right? We did a podcast sure. on it. It worked yeah. out obviously. Um, so weird doesn't mean bad, but this was yep. like I, I come away with this from this draft thinking, yeah, you know what? This this pick makes a lot of sense for Miami. So if you have any other thoughts on that, let's do it. If not, we can move on to Damian Lillard. No, I, I think it says a lot. Kind of again re-emphasizing what I was saying before. Like they wanted a, a pretty surefire pick, um, not messing around with any long-term prospect or anything like that. And I think it says a lot about Miami's approach to the draft and and you know what he said, what Pratt Riley said during his end of season presser a couple of days ago, and just the understanding, like you know, we're a contending team yeah. right now. We want valuable young players who we can continue to grow and develop, but we also want somebody who we can play and we feel comfortable being out there. Somebody um, like a, a Christian Brown who was, who made an impact for Denver in the NBA finals as a rookie, right? Like Hakez kind of fits is, is that same sort of position. Um, if there's anybody kind of in this range that could do that kind of thing and, and have that sort of impact, it would be Hakez. So I'm with you. I think, I think you went with the safest guy, but also I think the guy that makes the most sense for your team at the same time. All right. So earlier in the night, the Trailblazers took Scoot Henderson at number three as expected. Still no word on Damian Lillard, but we can assume that Lillard saw this coming like everybody else saw this coming. Uh, What do you think happens now, David? Well, I I don't know. And I'd be lying if I said I did. But my feeling is that 
Lillard is not going to be happy with this draft. Like he has said a number of times, as much as he said he wants to win in Portland, he wants to build a title contender there. It seems unrealistic given that Portland made their selections, that they've made what effort they could to try and trade for a Pascal Siakam. We heard Toronto was not interested in doing that, that Siakam wouldn't re-sign with whatever team traded with him because he wants to stay in Toronto. So that basically takes him off not just Portland's board, but Miami's whiteboard of, of yeah. potential trade can't, If so. he gets traded, by the way, he can't get that Supermax. That's why he wants to stay in Toronto. Yeah. Well, so if he wants his paycheck, that, that's totally fine, too. Uh, he's done it on me. As an individual, I don't begrudge any player wanting the bag but oh, certainly sure. one who's already accomplished a title. And I'm glad that Portland didn't trade the number three pick for Pascal Siakam or somebody like that. I think Pascal Siakam is an awesome player, but Scoot Henderson just makes so much sense. This is a guy that would be the top pick in most any other NBA draft, and you have a chance to get him at number three here. Could have been the number one pick last year, too. Um, yeah, and, and, like this, it just so, makes sense for Portland to do it this way. Instead of selling low on a guy like Pascal Siakam, or even like OG Ananobi or, or Mikal Bridge. I don't know if any of those guys were actually like gettable for them, but Scoot Henderson is such a bigger, better value than those guys, too. Like, you had to take him here. But in terms of what Portland is looking to do, I mean, those players are not going to be able to be instant winners. Like, the rest of that roster yes. in Portland, for one, they have some overlap at guard, wing players. Uh, you know, that's livable. You can certainly take that, and that's fine. But at the same time, you can't maximize what Lillard brings, uh, right. what what other players, like Anthony Simons, et cetera, yes. what Scoot Henderson brings to the table. Yeah. You can't. Uh, so. I would say that they're not going to win right away. They could be a fringe play-in tournament-type team if everything breaks right, just because Dame Lillard is that good and the rest of the roster is talented enough. And if Chauncey Billups can maximize that roster, they can get to be, what, ninth, 10th, maybe 8th seed in the Western Conference. If exactly. Break right. And that's not going to be good enough that, for Damian That's Lillard. their ceiling. And that's, so that's the, the bottom line, is that it's not good enough for him because he's played that game a yeah. number of years, uh, and he's tired of playing it. He wants to be on a contender. And so... Right now, look, I'm, I'm even scouting my phone, even as we're recording this. I mean, Sham Sharania of The Athletic tweeting out that there's some reporting on Dame Lillard and his decision process. I don't think anything official yet, uh, but I think we're all kind of reading the tea leaves at the same time that Lillard's probably not going to be happy with this. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see over the next couple of days some yep. official notification of, of a trade request being put in, and probably from Chris Haynes, if anybody else. <laughs> yeah, so put those uh, Twitter alerts on now, people. But um yeah so this is what shams is saying now between tonight and the start of free agency and into free agency is when damon lillard is expected to make that decision like i said damon lillard saw this coming because it's the right thing for the front office to do is to take scoot henderson you take a guy with this kind of talent and then you figure out the rest later and if it means that you have to break up with damon lillard then that's what it means and that means the youth movement is on damon lillard has said multiple times that he does not want to be part of a youth movement Okay, yeah. like this seems now to be the right time for a split to occur. My thing is like, now it's real, right? Now it's yeah. done. All that well, talk that Portland had about, hey, maybe we'll get Paul George for the number three pick or Bam out of Ohio yeah. for the number three pick. No, it didn't happen. They used the number three pick the way that they should have on Scoot. Now it's done. Now it's real. And now you get to move on to that next phase because the front office of Damian Lillard were never having that conversation before the pick was made, obviously. But now the pick has been made, and now they can move on to having that tough conversation. And I expect that that conversation is going to be something like, hey, Damien, how do you feel about us picking Scoot Henderson? And Damien well, Lillard saying something to the effect of, I'm not down for a youth movement. I've made that right. very clear. And then Portland's front office saying, well, what do you want to do now? And Damien Lillard saying something to the effect of, I would like to be traded. And right. then they get to work on that. 
So Miami Harold's Barry Jackson adding some added context there uh, about what Shams is reporting, saying that the decision is going to be between tonight and the start of free agency and into free agency, but that he wants to. Lillard does, according to Shams, give Portland a bit more time to see if they can continue building. Yeah. A contending team. So let's say they'll be continuing to be active, that they've done what they could, but that might they might look at other options between now and the next week and a half or so. So there's the the Jeremy Grant thing. He's a free agent. They have apparently worked out a deal ahead of time, but I do wonder if that changes if Damian Lillard is traded. Does Jeremy Grant say, you know what, maybe I don't want to come back? Or also maybe he's like, you're going to pay me $120 million or whatever it is that they agreed on. I'll come back. It's fine. Right. Um, so, But that's not going to be enough, right? He already played with Jeremy Grant and wasn't enough last year. So you're looking at what trades? All right, what are you going to do? You're going to move Nurkic for a player that helps? No, you're not. Nurkic's yeah. contract is a minus. Um, they don't really have like Anthony Simons and maybe some future picks. Maybe there's something there. Yeah, like I enough. understand it. It's been such a long marriage. It's not going to just end right away, right? Like these kind of divorces are long and messy, and it could get that way. Mm. So I, I, I wouldn't. I'd never expected it to just be like tonight. Like I didn't think Damian Lillard was going to get traded tonight. I Watching the draft, really yeah. As yeah. soon as the pick is in, as soon as he sees the tweet from Shams or Woods, he's like, you know what? You'd be on the phone with the uh, Blazers for an offer. It's going to be more reporting over the next couple of days of Portland has registered interest with this team for this superstar player. And then it's just not going to, it's going to be a lot more of that kind of stuff for a couple more days, probably. And then, like you said, that tweet's going to come in in the next few days. And it's going to say something like Damian Lillard has requested a trade from the Portland Trail Blazers and his preferred destination is the Miami Heat. And that's the tweet that I expect to come down our feed at some point within the next few days. And at that point, then the Heat get to try to make that happen. And, and then the, all the questions about how much leverage does Lillard have yeah. come into comes into play and what it is that they might be looking for. So it, it, um, has to be, it has to build somewhat organically too, right? Like, I mean, like Dame, you know, I don't think he wants to, as you meant to use the term that you did, I don't think he wants to request a divorce from the Portland Trailblazers. You know, he's happy there. He loves the people, the front office. He loves the yeah. team. He It'll wants be something to like something like um, uh, a couple of days Damon of agony. Lillard it, and you know? the Portland Trailblazers. Oh, um, come to an amicable have, decision or something. Yeah. Have agreed to part, have agreed that the Amicably best way forward ways. is to part ways. Right. It's yeah. like uh, something like that. Like Jody Allen and, and Damian Lillard had a heartfelt conversation and agreed yeah. that this is what's best for Damian yep. Lillard and for Portland. Right. And so we're, there was a tweet uh, or um, there was a picture today of a Trailblazers fan w uh, holding yeah. a Portland Trailblazers jersey saying trade, trade Dame. So even like yeah, trade, Blazers yeah. fans are like wanting them to trade Lillard, not because they hate Lillard, but because they want the best for Lillard because they know, right. hey, we yeah. got Scoot. Let's go into this full rebuild. Let's stop with this right. mediocrity thing. Let Lillard go be happy somewhere. Right. And I go and I, I just keep coming back to this. If he wants to go win a championship and he gave, uh, you know, he was he was cagey in a conversation with uh, Michael Scott over with Hoops Hype, wasn't answering questions directly about much of anything, but was asked about the importance of a championship and said, that's his last thing. That's the last thing that he has to accomplish. He has accomplished so much already in the NBA. And so when he's looking at where he wants to go and he is going to have a lot of say in where it is that he goes, despite having not having a no trade clause, he's going to have a lot of leverage. Um, like Miami is the team that just makes the most sense. It's a team I keep coming back to, especially if Philly ends up bringing back James Harden. Um, Brooklyn, I still think that if even if you just drop Lillard onto Brooklyn, it's a nice roster. I don't think that they're favorites in the East, and they're going to have to give up stuff anyway for him. So yeah. all of that, I think, 
I don't know. You look across the league and you think Miami, that's the team that makes the most sense. If it's Jimmy, it's Bam and Damian Lillard, and then they could fill in the gaps around there. But plenty of time to get into all of that. We've been talking about Damian Lillard nonstop anyway. But uh, let's get back to Hame Hakez uh, Jr. How does picking him impact the futures of Gabe Vincent and Max Struess and what other needs do that Heat have this offseason? That's coming up next here on Locked on Heat. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't ever be stressful. Game Time is fast, it's easy. You can buy tickets for all the sports events, music, comedy, theater near you. They've got killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. I used a Game Time app just a couple days ago. I bought tickets to my son's uh, very first Marlins game. It was so easy to use the app. Uh, I was a little surprised because I'd never used it game, uh, game time before too frequently. And, and then, you know, you know, you want to get the right seats, but it was so easy. I could see exactly where I was going to sit with my son. I knew it was going to be great seats and we weren't disappointed. It was so, so simple. Was it the Arias uh, five hitter? Uh, no, it was a couple of days ago. Uh, unfortunately, oh. uh, they lost the game against the, the, uh, the Blue Jays. Uh, it was an afternoon game. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. You know, yeah. it was a camp day too. So you've got like, a million kids out there going crazy. They don't know what the hell's going on. And at the same time, it's a lot of fun, good energy too. So my son enjoyed his first baseball game. And that's all that matters. And nice. game time kind made of it happen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. So that's right. You want to get that same kind of magic in your life. Then download the game time app, uh, create an account and use the code locked on NBA. And you get 20 bucks off your first purchase. So terms do apply, but you create an account and you redeem the code locked on NBA and you get 20 bucks off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Today's episode is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Do you like playing daily fantasy sports? Do you like making money and getting that money fast and easy? Well, then this is the one for you. Prize Picks does all that. You just pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than those Prize Picks objections, you can win up to 25 times your money. Still competing against other people, it's just you versus the numbers. And Prize Picks offers projections on any sport you can watch the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, men's and women's college sports, Euro basketball, and so many more. You'll find it all at Prize Picks. Entries can be made in 60 seconds, and you get safe and fast withdrawals. So download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up today and play daily fantasy sports. First time users get a 100% instant deposit match about 100 bucks but only if you use that promo code locked on that's right don't forget to enter the promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 so download the price picks app or go to prizepicks.com today thanks for making locked on heat your first listen every day every day as we're here every day throughout free agency with the latest on the heat so make sure you're subscribed on youtube and on your favorite podcast app so we wondered if the Heat would take somebody at 18 that could be insurance in the case they lose Gabe Vincent or Max Struess. That does not appear to be the case with this pick, uh, David. Not directly, at least. If they would have went out and drafted a guard if somebody like Jet Howard, right, mm -hmm. was on the board and they would have and, and they took him and he went off the board before they picked to uh, Orlando at 11. Um, yeah, maybe you think then, yeah, maybe Max Struess isn't coming back, or maybe they have some other deal lined up for Duncan Robinson or something like this. But by taking Hawkes here, I, I don't think that that directly means anything for Gabe. Or Ma it doesn't mean that they're coming back either. I just don't think nope. it means that I don't think he is an insurance policy for in case they leave. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I, I kind of see it that way. Like he's a he's a wing player, and again, plug and play. You're not expecting a lot of minutes from him, but maybe say even if you don't bring in Max or Gabe, you know, if you wind up having to trade Duncan Robinson or something like that. Again, another player who can fill a number of positions. I'd say you could probably play him two through four. 
You play a lot of big shooting guard, three, four, either forward position. Okay, fair enough. Him. Yeah, maybe for Max, but not for Gabe, right? That, no, this is not he's not a pure Gabe. ball handler. He's no. not going to set up your offense and stuff like that. But and he you can, can even move like shot. if he's your backup behind Jimmy Butler. Yep. You can move Kayla Martin to the two, right? Which I always yep. thought was his more natural position anyway. Um, and right. he's a more he's a better shooter right now than Hawkes anyway. So so and and the Heat like to have a floor spacer at that shooting guard spot. So yeah, look, I, I think your point could. guard now if you got Dame Lillard too. So I mean, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> there it goes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I don't think that this really impacts them. Uh, in terms of Max Struess and, and Gabe Vincent going further though, in terms of Miami's offseason needs, what else? What else are you looking for other than Damian Lillard, right? Other than like the superstar, you get a guy like Hawkes Jr., long, rangy wing. We think that he could probably play right, contribute a bit right away. Uh, yeah, on we the should perimeter. add to. Sorry, I hate to cut you off sure. there, but we should say, like, if you wind up having to trade the draft rights to Jaime Hawkes to Portland in an exchange for Damian Lillard, it's not a bad pickup for the Blazers either. Again, another wing player, experience, yeah, a more calm voice uh in a rebuilding process he's gonna that's what kind of makes me feel like they didn't pick him with portland in mind because he's 22 years old right i think he's a good player but if you're portland and you're going full rebuild like why the 22 year old like why the four-year player it doesn't you got a lot of other 19 year olds that are already going to be you got scoot you got you know, yeah by the time they're there. any good like by the time i don't know i just but he, he adds a little bit more like direct again, he's got the intangibles. Like it, it, that, he's going to a team that's already ready-made and able to incorporate whatever talent he brings into the table uh, and can maximize those intangible qualities is great for him. But it's not to say that if you put him in a losing situation, which or rebuilding, whatever term you want to use, like Portland, I think he'll still keep the same mindset. We've seen that throughout NBA history: is that players go in there and be like, you know what, I don't care if we win 15 games. I'm going to bring it every night. You know, I'm going to bring maximum effort. And that means a lot. You need a stabilizing part, or else you get the Houston situation, which is something you don't necessarily want. I mean, I guess, but I don't know. I still <laughs> just think like young team, like teams that are rebuilding don't really want 22 year olds. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're wrong. I don't know. Maybe they love Hakez. We'll see. We'll see. I have no idea. He had, he was mocked to Portland, I think on ESPN's mock draft uh, before they updated it um as sort of same thing like hey you draft scoot the young guy out of the out of the g league at number three maybe a little bit more of a season kind of player later right. in their draft when they picked the 20 so look i'm not against it but i also don't think that miami took hawkes thinking like yeah portland would love this guy you know i think right. they'd be i think they're very happy with having him that said um what other things do the heat need to do do you think this offseason what other needs do they have still to fill they need a forward they need a power forward specifically yeah. a, a stretch four um, somebody with a little bit close, bigger size, uh, more around six nine to six eleven, uh, that could shoot threes at thirty five percent. That's a lot. Okay. That's a lot to and ask for. Yeah, but that's that's Miami's biggest pressing need, I think, is is another floor spacer because you've got Jimmy Bam, Caleb, etc. Caleb, I, his performance in the Eastern Conference stand, uh, Finals, notwithstanding, I'm not going to look at him as a reliable three point shooter at any point. Like, I mean, it would have to be several seasons of him shooting thirty five percent or better. Uh, and if that's the case, then yeah, maybe I'll have a conversation at that point in time. But even next year, like you want to have balanced offensive approaches. And, and we saw in the playoffs and in the finals how much yep. they relied on three-point shooting. You're getting a nice boost occasionally from Kevin Love. That's not sustainable. It's certainly not going to be next season either. Uh, and I, I, although I think Love will return to this roster, I think you want somebody, again, who can – maybe it's Jovic. I, I don't know. That's that's a, a weird mix there, but it could be Jovic. I mean, he just doesn't 
have the shooting chops just yet. I don't know if he can maybe they drafted they drafted Jovic because they viewed him as a long term partner with Bam Adebayo. Now is that going to happen as soon as next year? I don't know. Yeah, I do a, expect him to play more minutes because right. he's hopefully going to be healthy and the, these back issues will be behind him. But um, look, you're more, just more, more length, more versatility, just more. You need more of it. Like you just yeah. you can't get enough of that in today's NBA. So more of that, and then more legitimate, bona fide, proven respected outside shot making they need that like legit we haven't, we haven't really talked about the uh improvements well i mean washington doing what washington's doing uh but boston's trade of marcus smart to memphis and acquiring chris taps Porzingis. do you see them as a much more dangerous threat yes. to miami okay. yeah i mean i loved i love Porzingis for miami uh there's yeah. really no way to make that trade happen like the if he opted out, the Heat were not going to be able to get him as a free agent, certainly not as a sign-in trade because they're too over the cap uh, and beyond the hard cap. Um, that would be triggered in a sign-in trade. Um, and they didn't have a deal like that lined up like Boston and Memphis had in that three-way trade. So I think Porzingis is a great fit for Boston. I love that trade for the Celtics. I think it just makes a ton of sense for them. And I think the Heat need to be looking at something similar to that where – they trade maybe some of these redundancies, whether it's like a Kyle Lowry or Duncan Robinson or something like that, and kind of rebalance the roster and go find an answer at power forward. So we'll see. There was some conversations, some rumors about Atlanta shopping some guys, whether it's John Collins or even DeAndre Hunter, who could play the four for you. Um, you know, I, I think those kinds of players make a lot of sense for Miami. Um, and there's other guys that have been sort of rumored to be out there too. Boyan Bogdanovich is a name that always pops up as well. So yeah. there's 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 guys potentially out there um, and plenty of time left for the Miami Heat to address those is, needs and make some of those deals. So Is Collins like the highest on your dream whiteboard or your big board? I'm kind of right. between Collins and DeAndre Hunter now. I didn't think Hunter would be available, but they seem to have a little bit of buyer's remorse on that contract extension that they gave him. And they, they tend to, they really like that other guy that they drafted last year. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on the name, but he plays the same spot. Um, it seems like they want to, uh, not a Congo. No, um, last year's whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. AJ Griffin. They got AJ Griffin. They, they traded for Sadiq Bay. Like they've got a lot of wings. Uh, They, they, they really, they're high on, they're high on Jalen Johnson. Um, there's guys that they like who are obviously cheaper. Um, so there's, again, the rumors are that they are trying to maybe move DeAndre Hunter and save some, because they're even way, they, their, their payroll is even more expensive than Miami's and they stunk last year. So they're obviously trying to free up some money and kind of reboot that thing. Right. Hunter is a guy that makes a lot of sense. Six, nine ish, seven foot two wingspan, kind of mm-hmm. like an Andrew Wiggins type as a power forward, like stronger than he looks. I think that yep. could make a lot of sense. Defensively. He's awesome. Um, yep. How much better? How much better? Yeah, how much better would he be in Miami? And and like that's that's the thing too. It's like as good as he might have been in Atlanta, he trusts that Miami's going to find a way to take these guys and make them better. Because I'm I'm down for these buy low guys. Like this is the the pushback you always get when you bring up a a John Collins or a DeAndre Andrews. Like they they were inconsistent in Atlanta and they stunk. Yeah, that's why they're available. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, go if you could trade. You know, Lowry's expiring or Duncan Robinson. Um, or something like that for one of those guys mm-hmm. that's worth the risk to me and if it doesn't work out yeah you're on the hook for a bad salary but if you're doing your you scouting and you think you can get a guy then yeah. maybe you have the next Andrew Wiggins or Aaron Gordon on your hands and, and it's a guy who can yeah. maybe swing a champion like literally swing a championship the way that Wiggins and Aaron Gordon have for the yeah that's so. exactly right that's exactly right uh yeah it's uh 
Yeah, it's a uh, position. The, the thing is, uh, you know, if you do wind up trading a Kyle Lowry, then you're going to have a pretty glaring lack at point guard, unless you shore that up, obviously, with Dame Lillard. So, I mean, or you bring back Gabe Vincent. Like, if you trade Lowry, then you can bring back. It, it kind of clears Gabe. the space to bring back Gabe. Who was but you still need some depth, and you'll you'll, you'll yeah. find somebody else. I, I would. I'm, well, they already have. Hard they hard. already have, like. If anything, I like their point guard depth. Uh, with their with their development program, they got Jamari Bouye, Andrew Smith, who they who they like at that guard spot. So you can always and there's always Goran Dragic that's out there. Yeah, Goran Dragic. I've got another name in Charlotte too that I think makes a lot of sense. But uh, I'll save that for another Charlotte. Episode. Yeah, Lamella point guard, Lamella. free agent, point guard. No, free agent, point guard. We signed a one year deal there, and could have signed one here. You don't have to be that. Dennis Smith Jr. Dennis Smith Jr. Oh, is he going to be a free agent? I like him. Yeah, yeah, he signed a one-year deal. And if it doesn't work out in Miami, he can always play football for the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> he was he was about to try out for football before the Hornets I picked know. him up last year. I it's know. a great story. He was I training know. and everything. All right, that'll do it for tonight's NBA draft recap. Jaime Hakas Jr., welcome to Miami. Thank you for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Thanks uh, again uh, for sticking with us after the season. All off-season long, throughout free agency, we are going to be with you every day. So hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcast app. And David, thanks for joining me. You got it, Wes. 